Welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and today you are joining me for episode number 28, Crow and Raven Magic. Yay! I'm so excited! So I have adjusted my podcast outlines a bit now that I have been doing them for a while. Um, I do have uh, three separate sections. So if you are looking to just listen to the main topic, you'll find that in the middle section. I'll always have kind of my personal witchy stuff first and a poem in the third section. I know not everyone is into poetry. And while most of the poems at the end are ones I personally write, I do totally understand that this may not appeal to everyone. And of course, evolving as evolving as my own practice is, you know, that might also not be something you really want to <laughs> listen to. So uh, I've tried to make it easy if you just want to, you know, skim through the first part, jump right into the bulk and the main topic. Um, that's always going to be in the middle section. And then you can fast forward right to the end if you do not want to listen to a poem. So that said, you know, normally I do pull three things over the weekend that I did to help with my witchcraft practice, and then usually do a quick blurb about the moon on Wednesday as this airs. Today, though, since I really did not do a bunch over the weekend, and I really wanted to give as much time to the crow and raven topic, (laughs) I'm going to quickly mention the moon and get right into it. And honestly, you know, I always do a little magic each day that is special and maybe unique to me. That could be reading, lighting a candle, researching topics, you know, for this podcast. And of course, I always do something when I make my coffee, but they are little things just for me. I am actually still getting stronger after the big cord cutting spell that I did. That really took a bunch out of me. So this past weekend was, it was little stuff and all about healing and gaining my strength back. So for the moon, you know, um, the new moon last week brought some pretty good energy. And this week is a little slower as she is coming into her first quarter phase. Now, this is all a part of the waxing moon, which is a good time to push through any obstacles you might be having. This is an excellent time for growth and, you know, mimicking the moon growing in strength. Be strong and keep working on the goals you made with the new moon last week and work with the energy that is gaining power. Okay, I am going to go grab my notes and my guest, Annika, so we can jump right into today's podcast. Okay, I am back and I have Annika with me this time. Now, I did mention in last week's episode that Annika and I did a whole recording of these two episodes a couple weeks ago. And I totally messed up. (laughs) Do you think it was meant to be like... I think it was... It was meant to be. Okay. It was meant to be. I feel like we're a little bit more, I don't know, organized Organized. this time. (laughs) Well, I went to do some editing and I found our first recording, I found one of the mics was not working. I was so pissed and honestly we were we were a little chaotic so yeah. i think this is this is meant to be um but i did get a sign and the first thing i did um when i saw Annika was i showed her that a black crow feather 
was um, right on my walkway to for for going home last night. Um, it's a beautiful, perfect feather. Yes, like, grab it right now. So I'm holding it. It is, <laughs> and I think that's so validating too, isn't it? Like you, like in the previous recording, we were talking about how they're just validating and they're there they for are. messages, and that was like, yep, you're right. Here you go. Here it's you go. Meant to be. This is it. The other one wasn't right. Well, and I would always think or assume that I would have a lot of crow feathers mm -hmm. because I have so many crows in my yard. Yeah. But I don't. I do not. This is getting a crow feather is really, really, I think, yeah, significant. Yeah, hard to find. And they, they are. They are. Um, okay. So we have a sign. This is it. This is going to be our episode. Yes. So we are kind of organized for this and we will do our best to stay on track even though we can giggle and laugh and tell a lot of stories all day long about this one. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Crows and ravens are our topic. Um, okay, so we are breaking this podcast into two episodes. We're going to do some, you know, more general information and kind of like our interaction with crows today. Mm -hmm. Talk about some deities um, and their connection to crows and do more of like an overview. And then next week we're going to dive in really deep to some very specific ways to work with crows and ravens and the amazing magic that comes with that, along with ways, uh, you know, to bring that energy into our jobs and office. Yes. All right, Annika, here we go. We've got it this time. Like, we do. We, this is going to record. We this are record. confident about this one. All right. So did you know there is a specific category in ornithology called corvidologist? I'm not even kidding. There is. It's for That's those awesome. who specifically specialize in crows and ravens and their families. All right. So let's go over the basics. Yeah. I pulled some notes and then we can just kind of fluff from there. Um, this is going to give us and everybody a good foundation. Mm-hmm. So when we say crow, for this episode at least, we are talking about like an actual crow. Yeah. The crow family, however, does include other species like jays, magpies, nutcrack nutcrackers. What? <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Oh my gosh. This has been the energy lately. You're just tripping over our words. This is it. Yeah, you know those uh, yule nutcrackers. Yeah, the yule nutcrackers <laughs> in the top of the trees. Uh, that should say woodpeckers. Um, <laughs> I mean, close enough. They, <laughs> they crack nuts. They do. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so I don't know. There, there are um, other species in the family. Yeah. Uh, there and there are, of course, many different types of crows. Right. We have forest ravens, dwarf ravens, white neck ravens, and mm -hmm. so on. So there's a variety, but for the most part, we're going to be talking about crows and ravens, the more general, average type. Yeah. Not average. That doesn't sound right. The the North American. The no thank you. <laughs> the North American raven and crow. Okay. Good. <laughs> Okay, so for the crow and raven difference, how can we tell them apart? How do you know? Like, what do you look at? I mainly look at size. For sure. So I'll look at size because where we, where I live in California, there's not very fat crows around. Except for my yard. Right. Um, <laughs> so the biggest thing is their size. Mm -hmm. They have these beautiful, long, shaggy feathers on their throats. Mm -hmm. So it looks like they always have a beard. Their voices are much deeper. Much deeper. Much deeper. And their vocabulary and their vocal range is a little bit different. They, they will sound different than your average crow. Yeah. Um, their tails are shaped differently. They are. They're like wedge-shaped. It's mm -hmm. so cute when they're flying. But it's like the middle is longer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. For the ravens. So I've got ravens are, as you said, much bigger. So they actually get in length, not wingspan, but mm -hmm. in length about 25 inches, where crows are typically around 18 um, and they're certainly bigger and heavier, and their beaks are thicker than crows. Right. Yeah, their heads are bigger. They also so, tend to yeah. be in a wider range of 
climate. So they'll mm-hmm. be higher up in the mountains in the snow. Yep. That's Crows more, aren't out there. Right. They're like, forget it. Exactly. They're like, I'm going to stay out. where it's <laughs> 70 degrees all the time. Exactly. Um, their uh, lifespan is very different. So crows live about eight years, maybe up to 10. Ravens can live up to 30 years. I know. It's That it's was crazy. new. I did not know that one. That was, yeah. oh my gosh. Uh, okay. Raven feathers are really, really shiny and can have a little purple hue to them. Mm-hmm. Where crows have more of that like black, almost maybe green on their end. A true, true black. Certainly a crow's tail is flat or squared off. Raven's tail will be shape of like a triangle or longer in the center. Yeah. Like... And you typically see crows in larger family groups. For than, sure. Than I've ravens. got that too. Ravens yep. typically stay with their mate and That's maybe it. their clutch. But other than that, they don't really not hang in around big... in huge martyrs like exactly. crows would. Yep. So ravens are wonderful duplicators. They really do mimic sounds really well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I can attest that one of my crows does great mimicking too. <laughs> but I do think it's just part of their normal vocal cords they just don't have the same depth and range that the ravens do right um and crows definitely have that like caw caw sound where the ravens get really deep and yeah crows will crow whereas <laughs> they will like, literally crow yeah. ravens sound like an old norse wise elder in the middle of the forest like calling you for a side quest that's a perfect description <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that that's awesome. what i think of um so ravens hunt or find food you know by themselves they might go out like in their pair, but they really do go out alone. Crows will hunt and get their food in a group for sure. Yeah. Both are monogamous, um, but ravens will go off and live with their mate. Kind of like what you said there. Mm-hmm. It's just just those two together. Yeah. And crows definitely pair up and they are monogamous, but they tend to live in families. So that's right. where you're going to see that big, that big grouping. Female ravens have you know, like three to seven eggs, which they will keep warm for like 18-ish days. And both the male and the female will feed them. Um, babies usually stick around for six-ish weeks. That seems pretty standard, actually, yeah. with both crows and ravens. So female crows lay about the same amount of eggs, maybe four to five. Also keep them warm for 18-ish days. And the babies, however, are known to stick around, which I love. I yeah. love and help with next year's batch. Or sometimes they can actually have two broods in a year, I've seen. Yeah, big family units. They're big family units. So both can be protective but crows are definitely the aggressive ones between the two. They will, like, I'm sure everybody has seen this. They will dive bomb cats walking around. They certainly yeah. go after hawks if they're in the area. They are, ravens just aren't super willing to pick a fight. Mm-hmm. But the crows absolutely are willing to, yeah. <laughs> to pick a fight. And typically, I think <laughs> other animals don't really go after ravens like they do crows. Ravens. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah. I think they're a little bit higher up there. I mean, where they live, I don't think they have too much of natural, natural predators, predators yeah. yeah i mean they're about the size of a small falcon so isn't that crazy yeah and i definitely remember the first time i saw and it was up in the mountains the first time i saw um a raven and i really thought like oh my god look at the size of that crow like they just grow them bigger yeah. up here they just <laughs> grow them bigger <laughs> they're just bigger birds yeah. until i realized that i was actually looking at a raven yeah i really thought it was just a really big jacked up crow yeah i thought the same i was a kid and i was on a school field trip on one of the local islands yes and i saw all the all the ravens and i was like oh my god so i did see that that they will even though they like to be more solitude mm-hmm. that they will be kind of by the beaches maybe yep. or you know but it's, again still want to be by the where there aren't a lot of people is what right. we should say yeah they're, they're more and then i took a trip out to yosemite and that's when i really got my first like close-up look 
at my first Ravens and I was like, oh my gosh. I remember I was coming out of a gift shop and it was on top of a trash can and he was like pecking at it and he was making that ding, ding, ding because oh his like God. beak was trying yes. to get through it. Um, but and he has big croaky beard and he started calling and I was like, oh my gosh, I like just like shoved my family aside <laughs> and I was like, I just need to sit and watch this for a minute <laughs> that's interesting i yeah. mean so even as a kid you were just like taken back yeah i love that my first place seeing a uh, a raven was also right by you somebody yep. up in like a little bass lake they're area huge up there they that's what i think i was like what yeah. are you guys possibly eating everything <laughs> chipmunks probably i think so yeah yeah they're, they're getting after baby stuff. bunnies and chipmunks. but it's cold it freezes there's oh, lots yeah. of snow it's snowed in in the winter so they they're bulking they're up op- opportunistic eaters definitely you have to be yeah Okay, how smart do you think crows are? Very smart. <laughs> we know it's they are. It's something that I, I definitely admire. I think it's compared to like a four-year-old child. I, I've heard up to seven. Yeah, so they can solve puzzles. They, they problem can. solve. And, um, and this is not like teaching, like where you can certainly, you know, teach animals tricks and things like that. There's no teaching with the crows. They they just do. Yeah. It's DNA coded. Like they, yeah, they know exactly. how to do stuff. Yeah, and it's shown that they they have the capacity to communicate with their peers about matters that are distant in space and time. That is ridiculous. Which I think is just so amazing. I mean, this little crow. I mean, crows are not big. You see this little bird, and it just shows that it can understand and comprehend cause and effect. And, oh, if I do this, I'm going to get this out of it. And that's that's such an advanced train of thought it and is. when you think about the little people always say little little bird brains it's like yeah nope, exactly nope. it might be little but come on <laughs> no, exactly so i've definitely pulled some notes on that part and i i've got um that they are self-aware yeah and that they have a conscience mm-hmm. that is ridiculous now, roughly equivalent to a seven-year-old child yeah they definitely use tools seriously not the i think they are the only non-primate to use tools yeah that's what i was looking on my research but they definitely remember people's faces right do you know yeah, find that one to be true. Yeah, they have the facial recognition. They just display immense foresight. I mean, they can process events in their past, their present, and plan for their futures. I've got like you said, they're they have that amount of consciousness. That is crazy. They plan for their futures like that is so. <laughs> whereas most animals, you know, they run off of pure instinct. Yes. So that doesn't occur to them. They think they 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 problem solve. Yeah, and they can create as a group too, yeah, right? They problem they store, solve as they a store group. store these memories to guide them into certain decision makings in the future like like you said they'll see a nut or something like oh i can't get that with just myself so i'm going to go and look for a tool come back remember where it is exactly and use it that is planning for the future yeah oh my gosh so i definitely have seen some videos where um again not with training now there might be some reward with a food for you know somebody who's in rehab they're crows in rehab um well, they'll take like a child's puzzle where mm-hmm. the, you know, round ball goes through the round hole, right. the square peg goes, you know, and stuff like that, that they will not only do that without, again, they'll have maybe some encouragement with some food or treats as a reward, but they do it without training. Yeah. That's, that just they seems, really can just like they just know, they out. see visually that that's where that goes and they think it through. Yeah. And, and they're smart. It's not like, you know, they doing it because they know they're going to get food. They do it because they're problem solvers. They're problem solvers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, what about crows and ravens with mythology? Yeah. They really are like the messengers of the afterlife, mm-hmm. right? They they are thought to be symbols of the underworld, and most cultures honestly have something and one of their deities or gods or goddesses associated with it. Yeah. Most famous? Odin. Oh, of course. 
Mr. Odin. Mr. His, Odin. We right. like to say Huggin and Munin. <laughs> Huggin and Munin. <laughs> I, I always say Huggin and Muggin just because I like the rhyme of it all. Yeah. And I do have a necklace. I've got a, a, a Nexus like pewter um, image of those two. Um, but it's actually pronounced, um, let me think. Munin? Hugin and Munin. Yeah. Not, there's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hugin is thought and Munin is memory. So they actually go out and they find out what's happening in the lands around and they fly back and report everything to Odin. Yeah. They perch on his shoulders and tell him all the secrets they have learned. Yeah. They represent the eyes and the ears and yep. they're a powerful symbol of power and protection. I, I love that. I really do think they are a symbol. Not only do I feel like personally they guide me with stuff, yeah. but I do feel like they are a protection. Yeah. Like they, they just are. keep reminding you're on the right path. You're on the right path. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Celtics have a warrior goddess called the Morrigan. Mm-hmm. Um, she will most often be seen, of course, in the form of a crow or a raven. Um, but when the Morrigan appears, there are usually three crows. And it means either she's watching or um, she's watching you, or she's getting ready to pay you a visit, or someone around you. Um, I've also got Native Americans have their raven as well, um, more of a trickster on their end. Yeah, I think right? he also um, represents the a transformer. A tra- yeah, I've got that. Native Americans and a lot of people. Go, oh, well, like how how does he represent a transformer? Very significant for Native Americans. Yeah, and so number one, black is the color of magical power yep and this is only to be feared if it's misused um ravens are symbolic symbolic of the black hole in space which draws oh. in energy okay draws in all the energy around itself and it will release it into new forms so that's where the transformer comes from right and he represents the void the mystery of that which is not yet formed okay okay welsh have brawn who is the blessed one he is known to turn himself into a raven to escape attacks. Greeks have Apollo. That is their god of the sun, music, and prophecy. And I mentioned Apollo in last week's episode about Sunday being the sun's day. He is often shown with a crow on his shoulder who sees into the future. Um, the Greeks also have Athena, who um, has a raven on her shoulder as well. Also, um, Hecate, who is a shapeshifter, mm-hmm. um, she'll transform into a, into a raven. So the Japanese have Yadagarasu, if I said that right, who is a three-legged crow of the sun and a symbol of good luck. And there certainly are more. I know the Hindu have crows yeah. um, as one of their goddesses. Uh, same with the Egyptians and the Chinese. It, it's it seems like every culture, yeah. the crow. And I know in Eastern mythology, too, um, the raven or the crow represents the sun, mm-hmm. which we don't see very often. But in that right. part of the world, that's where it really shines. Everybody loves crows. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves them. It's, How can you they've allured humans for hundreds of years. They really have. Yeah. <laughs> what about any stories of interacting with crows or stories that have been handed down in your family? About crows? Yeah, so kind of going back to the Native American sense of it. I mean, definitely don't quote me on which tribe or anything <laughs> right. like that. This is just a story, you know. By hearsay, it's been passed on and told to me I heard once. Um, <clears throat> so it's basically about the story of why the raven is black. Okay, why? And so it starts off um, saying raven was not a god, but he was another powerful subject. He watched the god of elements brood with hatred over humans as they began to inhabit the world. Ooh. Which, I mean... That seems... Yeah. 
is reasonable (laughs) considering what we've done very reasonable (laughs) this god kept things from the humans out of spite hiding the spark of fire which was a much needed tool for warmth and survival there was one tribe with a daughter a girl who was the most beautiful thing that raven had seen and it pained him to watch her suffer without especially fire i love that yeah so raven came up with a plan to turn himself into a snowy white bird as beautiful as she was to make approaching her much easier and so he took this spark of fire as a gift this was his plan he flew all the way up to the heavens stole it on a branch so he was holding this torch yes in his beak and as he was flying back down the soot began to swell and cause all this smoke and it started to stain his claws his feathers all the way up to his beak and by the time he got down to the girl that he was in love with he was this all black yeah he was this all black yeah big bird oh my gosh i love that story that is amazing yeah i know first time i heard that i was just like <gasps> so that is i love that story. very special that i hold dear to my heart that only who told you that story did i ask you that uh, or where'd no, you hear it no you didn't my, my grandmother oh yeah so it's been handed down yeah i love her. that yeah because i was in love with crows as a girl and i was talking about Forever. it ever sure, talking her ear off one night and she's like okay let me tell you a story oh um, i yeah. love that what about you do you have anything personal you're really connected to with them I do. I don't remember being really connected as a kid to crows, mm-hmm. but definitely as an adult. Um, and certainly I'd say in the past 15 to 20 years, it's, yeah. um, I don't know if I just read it as a calling or I've just gotten to a point where I can actually stop and appreciate and listen mm-hmm. and be like, okay, I, I hear you, you know? <laughs> so when I was uh, forming my business, I was thinking about a business name and Literally was out in my mom's uh, backyard, and it backs up to a creek, you know, yeah. with t- huge oak trees. And not that cr- I've never seen crows in there, but mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it, it wasn't an all-the-time right. thing. Certainly not to the amount that was about to show up. So we were toying with names, and all of a sudden, I, it easily had to be 30 or 40 of them, came in and just started screaming at us, just screaming at us. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I... I I hear, like, I hear you. I, I, I not hear you? Okay, <laughs> I literally hear you, but I hear you. Yeah. And so I tried um, Blackbird in the name. Mm-hmm. Didn't didn't settle on it. You know, went to, I was working for somebody at the time before I started my own business. And maybe a couple of weeks later, probably about like three, literally, it was the same 30 and 40 crows. Not at the same location, but close. I lived close to my mom. So yeah. um, they were, it seemed like they were all over at my house. All of them, all, all again, screaming at yeah. me. And I just said, okay. Okay, this is it. This is my name, and mm-hmm. you're in it. So I love that. <laughs> That's right. I love it. They demanded. They demanded. They demanded the justice they deserve. <laughs> this is it. So even and then recently, uh, Love Bug. Like yeah. that is my that guy is my personal connection. And I know I mentioned last week. You guys definitely, if for anybody who's listening, they've probably heard him. Yes, I definitely <laughs> have listening to previous episodes. Right. He chimes in and, and tells me what he thinks. I really do feel like he's kind of my own, you know, cheering squad yeah. and, you know, pushing me forward Aww. on this little venture. But last week I had so much fun. I was out gardening mm-hmm. and he did not ask for peanuts, which normally, you know, I, yeah. I've got tons of them out there and they all, they all like their peanut stashes. But he... Uh, as I was like mowing the lawn and cleaning mm-hmm. up in the yard, he just sat there and groomed away. And he just groomed. wanted to hang. He did. He just wanted to be next to me. And I was like, yeah. that really felt, that was the first time he's really done that. No, yeah. it's probably the first time I've been out gardening to that length. But he, it's really validating. It was. Especially when it comes to like us as human and animal connections to see something a little bit more than what you think is just food driven. Yes. You're like, okay, 
this is like something more personal. This means something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not just asking for peanuts. You're yeah. you just want to be. Exactly. So I felt I felt really special last weekend oh, with him. But that's awesome. I do feel like he tries, you know, he he definitely looks for me. He I know he recognizes. I know yeah. all all the guys in the yeah. backyard. Uh, they all recognize my face. But he's but like, That's my girl. This is my girl. That's she, my girl. She's <laughs> taking care of us. She's you know, so I cannot wait to see all the babies and oh, the little bugs. Oh, little the, baby love bug. <laughs> the little baby oh my god. <laughs> mini love bug love bug too they are so cute i've actually had the honor of uh, raising a baby crow did you really yeah i would die yes i named him john snow the little crow shut of up of course you uh, did not as i should you did not. you did not but i remember he i don't he was sick so he was found in a pool yeah i had connections where um in my family someone cleans pools for a living and sure it was a couple years ago and baby bird season came along and it must have, you know, fledglings, they hop around on the ground for a couple of weeks and he must have fallen in there. And mm. there was no nest around, no parents around, nothing. Sure. So he ended up taking him home, keeping him for me because everyone knows in the family. You Monica were all about crows. crows yeah. yeah. And I've had, you know, Snow White moments in the past. So they're oh like, God. of course. I ended up taking him. He survived about four weeks, but That's I'm sure he had he a respiratory sick. infection yeah. due to all the water and stuff. And Baby birds are really hard to keep alive. I know they really. But are. he was so cute. He had still the blue eyes. They have mm. blue eyes in their babies. Love that. And he would always ask for food, you yep. know. And he started to get really chatty. And I'd put him on the ground, and he'd start walking in the kitchen. Oh and I have a couple I videos. Would just yeah. die. I would die. I would hold him. He didn't care if I held him, and he loved to be like preened on the top of his head. Yes. Just yeah. like a mother grooming yeah. him. It was a sad day when he passed, but that would be really sad. I I know, or I've read that crows definitely have like their own since there's so many of them and they stay in their groups yeah. they have kind of their own internal right and wrong mm-hmm. like they will self-discipline yeah. if somebody's acting out if somebody is sick they will sometimes separate they can't you know necessarily take care of another crow but yeah they'll separate and so it's it's hard to watch but they have they have their own system their own hierarchy and order and enforcement yeah exactly <laughs> to watch enforcement mama and papa are in charge and that's right i definitely have one in my yard that is i think the biggest and i do think it is love bug yeah but he when he comes down like other ones he i i feel like he's like the little leader you know everyone's yeah. kind of backs up as like he gets the peanut first and huh. he uh it's him like his it's his show it would be cool if you'd be able to like i don't know like give him a little necklace or something i know or to like, tell which yeah Oh, I did. I did try to see if I could figure out the guys and the girls, mm-hmm. the males and the females, and I can't. It's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah, is. I can't so figure hard. it out. <laughs> you have to like violate the bird to be able to tell. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, I couldn't even tell with my baby bird. You I just don't know. Even, you'd yeah. have to go to like a specialist. Yeah, or you'd have to take them to the vet. I know that that females are in general a little smaller, and it's not like other birds. You know, you'll see other birds where the females are very muted in color, yep. right, and the males are exaggerated and. Mm-hmm. Crows are all black. Yeah. And yeah. so the, the only way to tell really is the size. But then you could be looking at an adolescent, not a female. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah. But I which, do see everybody's paired up right yeah, now. Which even like pulling that kind of energy, I think, is really cool because yeah. whether you're a male or female or whatever, it, it doesn't matter this is when it. it comes to crow and raven energy. I love you, that. I'm a crow. Yeah. That's I, a, I'm a crow. a crow. Just leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do what I got to do. Yeah. Okay, so we are about out of time for this week's episode, and I know I'm not going to, I know we're 
neither of them are going to make it in our 30 30 minute time slot that I try to stay in but next week is going to be a biggie and the only way we could think about doing this was to break it out into two there was no way we could get all this information into 30 minutes exactly so next week we are diving into working with crows and ravens for magical purposes Mm -hmm. specifically of course I'll end it always as I do with you know ways we can bring that energy into the office Mm -hmm. and our jobs but it's going to we're going to go we're going to dive deep next week so we'll just yes. jump right into Very it. Very deep. So <laughs> be ready. Be ready. We just <laughs> needed a moment to talk about them I know. and just how we admire them. I love them so much. Yeah. I really do. Get the ball rolling. That's right. But. All right. Well, I did write a poem um, but I am going to save it for next week. So I just have to grab the one from Edgar Allan Poe for today. I just have to. Oh yeah. That's that's the quote. Yeah, the... I saw a video once on YouTube and someone yeah. literally taught their raven to say nevermore no yeah so it's just like this awesome raven perched in a window just going nevermore 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 that's awesome yes that would be amazing all right well i'm gonna go grab that annika thank you so much and thank you for having me we're gonna go right into uh next week's episode with some deep stuff but hang tight i'm gonna grab my poem and i will be right back Okay, I have the poem, but just as a note, this one is a little long. Uh, Edgar Ampo was born in January of 1809, and he died in October of 1849. So he lived a pretty short 40 years. He wrote the famous poem, The Raven, (laughs) just a couple of years before he passed. It really is one of the more notable poems of our times. And while you know, most people won't know the whole poem. Most everyone will know the part that says, never more. So I have toyed with reading the whole thing and have actually ended up timing it so I could give you guys a heads up. It is running about 10 minutes. So if you want to bow out, I totally understand. If you are heading out though, be sure to do something special on May 1st that is just around the corner. Um, Hopefully you're surrounded by lots and lots of flowers and flames. Our two-part episode um, for this crow and raven magic will continue next week. Uh, But next week really is going to jump into the deep and specific ways we can work with them. You know, the spells, the magic, and of course, how we can bring all of that great energy into our work and office. Today was a really good basic But next week is going to dive in super deep to our witchcraft practice and working with them. So if you are able to stay for the poem, here we go. The Raven by Edgar Allan Poe. Once upon a midnight dreary, while I pondered weak and weary, over many a quaint and curious volume of forgotten lore, while I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. "'Tis some visitor,' I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this, and nothing more. Ah, distinctly I remember, it was in the bleak December, and each separate dying ember wrought its ghost upon the floor. Eagerly I wished the morrow, vainly I had sought to borrow, from my book's secrece of sorrow, sorrow, for the lost Lenore, for the rare and radiant maiden whom the angels name Lenore. 
nameless here forevermore. And the silken, sad, uncertain rustling of each purple curtain thrilled me, filled me with fantastic terrors never felt before. So that now, to still the beating of my heart, I stood repeating, "'Tis some visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. Some late visitor entreating entrance at my chamber door. This is it, and nothing more. Presently my soul grew stronger, hesitating then no longer. "'Sir,' said I, "'or madam, truly your forgiveness I implore.' But the fact is, I was napping, and so gently you came rapping, and so faintly you came tapping, tapping at my chamber door, that I scarce was sure I heard you. Here I opened wide the door, Mm, darkness there, and nothing more. Deep into that darkness, peering, long I stood there wondering, fearing, doubting, dreaming dreams no mortal ever dared to dream before. But the silence was unbroken, and the stillness gave no token. And the only word there spoken was the whispered word, Lenore? This I whispered, and an echo murmured back the word, Lenore. Merely this, and nothing more. Back into the chamber turning, all my soul within me burning. Soon again, I heard a tapping, somewhat louder than before. Surely, said I, surely that is something at my window lattice. Let me see, then, what thereat and this mystery explore. Let my heart be still a moment, and this mystery explore. Tis the wind, and nothing more. Open here, I flung the shutter, when, with as many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of the saintly days of yore. Not the least obeisance made he, Not a minute stopped or stayed he, but with mine of lord or lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace just above my chamber door, perched and sat, nothing more. Then this ebony bird beguiling my sad face fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven thou, I said, Art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven wandering from the nightly shore? Tell me what thy lordly name is on the night's plutonian shore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear discourse so plainly, though its answer little meaning the relevancy bore. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door. Bird or beast upon the sculptured bust upon his chamber door, with such a name as nevermore. But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word, as if his soul in that one word he did outpour. Nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, "Mm, nevermore. 
startled at the stillness broken by reply so aptly spoken. Doubtless, said I, what it utters is its only stock and store, caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till his songs one burden bore. Till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, never more. But the raven still beguiling all my fancy into smiling, straight I wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door. Then, upon the velvet sinking, I betook myself to linking, fancy unto fancy, thinking what this ominous bird of yore, what this grim, ungainly, ghastly, gaunt, and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking, nevermore. This I sat engaged in guessing, but no syllable expressing, to the fowl whose fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core. This and more I sat divining, with my head at ease reclining, on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er. But whose velvet violet lining with the lamplight gloating o'er? She shall press. Ah. Nevermore. Then methought the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by a seraphim whose footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy God hath lent thee, by these angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite and nepenthe from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, oh, quaff this kind of nepenthe and forget this lost Lenore, quoth the raven nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still if bird or devil, whether tempter sent or whether temptest tossed thee here ashore. Desolate, yet all undaunted on this desert land enchanted, on this home by horror haunted, tell me, truly, I implore, is there? Is there balm in Gilead? Tell me, tell me, I implore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Prophet, said I, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden if, within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels name Lenore. Glasp a rare and radiant maiden, whom the angels name Lenore. Quoth the raven, nevermore. Be that word our sign of parting, bird or friend. I shrieked, upstarting, get thee back into the tempest and the night's plutonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thee beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore. And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting on the pallid bust of Pallas just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a demon's that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er him streaming throws his shadow on the floor. And my soul, 
from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted never more. Well, that is all I have for you today. I love that my crows came and helped me with that poem. <laughs> that is not an easy read. Be sure to join me next week for part two of Annika and I talking about crow and raven magic. We are going into all of the good stuff. Uh, till then, have a wonderful week and weekend. Don't forget the magic of May 1st and grabbing those May dewdrops all the way until Friday's full moon to make some amazing elixir. Have fun, and I will talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes.